Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And so, quite honestly, I don't know how to feel about any of this because there was a scene. Now, a lot of you probably know I'm a huge fan of the show Scrubs, premiered 22 years ago this week. There's a scene. There's a there's a there's a storyline where Elliot Reed forgets how to intubate a patient. She goes through this thing, and Michael J. Fox helps her get through her issues or whatever it is. And at the end of the show, she can relearn. She relearns how to intubate patients. And Dr. Cox goes, congratulations, you are, you now are where you were three years ago. And that's kind of what Sunday felt like. Sunday felt like, hey, look, we're back to where we were last year, where we're playing highly entertaining games. We're scoring a ton of points. Justin Fields was out there scoring a lot of fantasy football points, and yet we don't get a victory. And it was fun to tank for one season. I do not want to do it again, especially as there's, I don't know if it's necessarily rumors that Caleb Williams is only wants to play for fun. Like that, that stuff's nonsense. There is no kid that's not going to go to the NFL uh, unless, unless the bears don't fire everybody. But you know what I'm saying? Like a lot of that stuff is preposterous, especially with guaranteed money in the NFL. So I don't want to get too far ahead, but there's so many things going on. So many different ways to look at this because it's not a, it's not an open, it's not a black and white issue. It's not like open and shut. There's a lot of different variables, and we'll try to work through those right now, right after Sammy goes ahead and starts the show. Turn up your volume, because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast with Adam Ray. The Sickest Chicago Bears and Fantasy Football Podcast. Brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Sports entertainment like no other. It's gonna be sick. It's Wednesday night. You know what that means. It is time for Take It to the Rank. New place, new time, but the still the same great Bears talk. And of course, we'll get you out of here so you can go see AEW. Adam Copeland, Edge premiered over the weekend in AEW and of course our friends at the Tape Never Lies Network draft Dr. Phil Shane Marsa they will be doing their show 8:30 east 7:30 central I don't know we're you got you got a half hour and they can go back and go watch and digest all this material because there's so much to talk about and we've seen it and I know that I've been going back and forth with our friend Ill Will talking about everything that's happening with Justin Fields and it's not I think that you can sit here and I want to, I want to let everybody know. And our friend Greg Braggs had me on this thing with CHGO saying, listen, I support Justin Fields. I am a number one 
Justin Fields fan. In the ramp up through the draft process a couple of years ago, Justin Fields is the quarterback that I wanted. Now, obviously, Trevor Lawrence was going to go to the, the Jags no matter what, but Justin Fields was my guy. And I'll even tell you, like, there were times where I'm like, you know, I kind of want Justin Fields more. I might want him more. I might want him more than, than Trevor Lawrence. Justin Fields is certainly my guy. Justin Fields is going to be a star. He kind of already is. He already is a star in the NFL, but he is going to be an elite level quarterback in the NFL. That might not happen with the Chicago Bears because there's so many things that are going into this entire situation. And it's not necessarily is Justin Fields good or not. Justin Fields is a good quarterback. Are there things that he needs to work on? Absolutely. As a matter of fact, I will even say this. As, as much as I love Justin Fields, one of the biggest, and I think it's a fair complaint, is that Sunday's loss is not his fault. The defense helped, in a way, blow a 21-point lead, although one of those touchdowns came via the offense, which part of the reason was is that they just, I don't like the play calling. I If you get away with a naked bootleg once or twice, stop doing it. Because at some point, there's a defensive coach on the other side of the football that says, stop that play. If you remember, one of the one of the touchdowns, I think it was Cole Komet, but Justin did the naked bootleg. And you know what? The defender stopped. He did a little stutter step. And then Justin got away through the touchdown. And that was great. On the fumble, that defender did not hesitate. He was coached to just run right through the quarterback, which is exactly what he did. That that comes down to coaching. And there is a lot of issues with the coaching. And I will not hide from that. I even said today or said on the on Sunday that there's, you know, we could love Matt Eberflus and think that he's a wonderful person. And I think that he is. There are a lot of wonderful human beings wandering the earth right now who I do not want to coach the Chicago Bears. Great people. It's nothing against you. Delightful human being. Tom DeLong, Mark Hoppus, Travis Barker. I love them. I don't want either of the three coaching the Chicago Bears. Go play music with Blink-182. I don't want you coaching the Chicago Bears. So it's not it's not a personal thing, but it's a results thing. And this is something that I'm talking about with Justin. Like, okay, that game's not his fault. The defense should have held on. The play calling could have been better. I just have to say this, and we've seen it for over a year, for, for almost a year now, and we even saw it back in the game uh, against the Pittsburgh Steelers on Monday Night Football during his rookie year. Justin has to start winning one of those games. You can sit there and be like, oh, this isn't Justin's fault, and it's not, but you're in this predicament now. Get us out of it. That's what the good quarterbacks do. That is what Tom Brady was able to do time and time again. That's what... Peyton Manning was able to do time and time again. John Elway, Dan Marino, these great court, even Eli Manning. There are times where it's like, yeah, I know it's not your fault. You got to go deal with it now. You're here. You're our quarterback. You got to go win it. And it's not like a small sample size of like, that's ah, a couple of games. Like this happened a lot. If you actually went back and examined last year's season and results, and everything like that. There were games where you're like, well, we the defense was terrible, but did make a stop that gave Justin an opportunity to either tie or win the game. None of it came through. Even going back to the Steelers game, 
I remember that that rookie season, the Steelers game, and everybody. I remember I was doing the NFL game day post day, whatever, whatever the name of the show was. I'm not on it anymore, so I don't care. I was sitting there, and people were like, "Are you okay? Like, is every are you all right? Everything is everything fine?" And I'm like, "No." I go, "Legitimately, you have a rookie quarterback. He had a winning drive against the Steelers that was negated by either a, a stupid penalty or something like that." Like. Justin showed me enough that, okay, that was good. But at some point, you need to go out there and you need to start cashing in on these opportunities. I don't think that you need to be like the Vikings were last season where you win every single one of these one-score games and you go on a miracle run. I was kind of hoping that was going to be the case this season, but we're not seeing it. And I think that's a fair complaint and I don't want to be mean. And again, like this doesn't mean that I'm not Justin Fields guy, but this is something, this is, listen, I, I know, I know I coach 10 U soccer. I know what I'm talking about, but in some senses, like at certain levels, if I'm coaching a 10 U team and something like, ah, we don't, we don't win. As a matter of fact, but well, we got screwed out of a game, but nobody wants to hear about that. You talk about the process and encouragement and Hey, this is the way, yeah, you know, you're getting better. You're getting better. You fought back that stuff. That stuff plays on the youth level. But when you're in your third season as an NFL quarterback, you got to start winning some of those games. And I, again, I'm not saying that he'll never do it. I'm not saying that it's impossible. I'm not doubting him. I have confidence every time we're in one of those situations and Justin Fields has the rock. I'm here for it. I love it. I feel that every time he takes over, even after we held the the Broncos to that field goal, I'm like, all right, oh, Justin's got this. I'm not scared like this. He's growing. He's thrown for 300 yards. He's got four touchdowns. He's feeling it. We're going to go out there. This defense, which is not very good, is going to play a little soft, even if we were a little bit one-dimensional. And that's the one thing that I hate. It's like, like drop one design. I know like you don't want to waste too much time, but like do drop one design run. Let them think that you're crazy enough to do it and that they have to start like factoring into it. I think that is a fair complaint about Justin Fields. I think it's okay to be like, yeah, we need to start winning some of those. And I'm not, I'm listen, I'm not questioning him as an athlete. I'm not questioning his ability to do it. I'm just saying you have to do it. That is my thing. Sorry. I always get a producer who's always in my ears being like, Hey, cell phones off. I'm sure. And then I have people, people found my name on the, uh, or found my phone number on the internet. I shouldn't even be telling you this because some rando from San Diego is now like calls me like now he thinks we're friends. Uh, but in any of it, um, and if he's watching right now, dude, stop calling me during a show. I need Justin to win one of those games that I think that's a fair ask on the NFL level. That is a fair ask. And I want to let everybody know right now, we're not going to have Carmen Vitale tonight. Uh, We would love for that. Listen, work gets in the way. I do this all the time. Like we get out there and um, you know, you start working, things get busy. Not a big deal. We're going to be all good. We're going to have some fun tonight. This is going to be good, but I, this I'm actually, it's fine because I really want to talk us through this. Because I've tried to, I've tried to interact. You guys know me. 
I try to interact on the Twitter and everything like that. And it's so hard to, to give a nuanced take via Twitter, like typing with your thumb, like that kind of stuff doesn't play. Speaking of playing though, I want to get into this real quick. Underdog fantasy. Speaking of Justin Fields, underdog fantasy is the easiest way to play fantasy football. It's simple and easy to get started. Uh, go to underdogfantasy.com or better let, better yet, download the underdog fantasy app and it gives you access to the game. And not only the game, but all sorts of information. Cooper Cup return to practice. Got that on the underdog app today. Uh, and check this out. If you go to if you go to underdogfantasy.com right now or download the app, first time users. Underdog Fantasy will match your initial deposit up to $100. Just use the promo code SICK. And after the show, on our official SICK podcast handle, we're going to do a a week five fantasy league. We're going to start doing these. We're going to have a little bit of fun. Everybody wants to have, and and listen, the draft is when when we fill it up with people. uh, Then we can go ahead and draft, so be ready to do that. But it's going to be a lot of fun. This will be a way to match each other and just kind of like give us something to be entertained about because after the game on Thursday night, we're going to have no reason to watch over the weekend unless we're playing in one of these leagues. And if uh, if we get to if we get a lot of interest and a lot of people want to do this and join us and have a little bit of fun and listen, it's just going to be a little, it's going to be a little bit of fun. Uh, we'll do this every we'll do this every week. Don't threaten me with a good time. We'll do this every week. Uh, it'll be a lot of fun. So look for that. It'll be via our sick podcast uh, Twitter handle. So Justin Fields needs to win. And again, I'm not, I'm not like saying that the, I'm not taking anybody's side because the coaches have to be better. And that's a big issue too. So this is one of the things that I often see that we, that people start talking about is how to explain this because like Justin, like we're in like a weird, we're in like a weird limbo right now. If the season ended today with the bears holding the first two picks of the draft, Justin Fields would be gone. I mean, he just would be, I don't, I don't mean that. In a, I, this is not a knock on him. This is a, not a knock on his ability as a quarterback, but somebody and, and Atlanta always is the name that gets kicked around, you know, trading him to the Falcons, letting him go with Bajan Robinson. He'll become an NFL superstar. Uh, will be morose. It'll be the reverse Brett Favre where Favre was sent from the Falcons to the Packers, we'll be sending Justin Fields to the Atlanta Falcons where he can flourish under Arthur Smith. And at some point, I I just want Justin to be happy. And if him going to Atlanta and dealing is the way that that goes, then uh, so be it. But if the Bears finish as one of the worst teams in the NFL, if the, if the Bears earn the the distinction of having the number one overall pick on merit, Justin Fields will be gone. If the Carolina Panthers are that team, let's say the Carolina Panthers finished with the number one overall pick, which we get, there could be a little bit more of a discussion because if Justin is playing really well, because this is another thing too, is that the next head coach, and I think that we can, I mean, barring a miracle, barring an absolute miracle, and it would be a complete reversal of everything that we've seen. If Matt Eberflus and his staff were retained, see, but you can't keep, it's one or the other, and there's a good chance it's both of them. If the Bears went eight and nine and ended up having the number one overall pick because Carolina 
was the team like Carolina ended up with the first overall pick. I mean, in some respects you would want, you would want Justin Fields to go out there and play so well that it's undeniable. They were like, Oh yeah, this is definitely the guy, but, and then to get Carolina's pick and be like, well, we can still take Caleb Williams or whomever the quarterback's going to be. You would want that, but you also want the new coach to be able to pick his quarterback and whether it's, Jim Harbaugh, whether it's uh, Ben Johnson, whomever, allowing that person to go out there and pick his quarterback to ride or die with. Remember when Robert Sala took over for the New York Jets? You know, Sam Darnold was in this. He was coming off his third year, much like Justin Fields, where there was some debate whether he was the quarterback of the future or not. Sam Darnold had shown flashes, highly athletic player. They got rid of him because they said, listen, Robert Sala should be able to start fresh with a quarterback. And you got to remember, too, these quarterbacks are on these contracts, four-year contracts with a fifth-year option. Justin Fields, you have to make a decision on Justin Fields next season of if he's getting that fifth-year option. And if you come in, if you're a, a brand-new head coach and you're like, I don't know, like maybe we'll go with Justin Fields, then you're sitting there trying to figure it out as you're going along. I'm like, oh, you know, because then that head coach is now behind the eight ball. And now when that head coach is going into year three and you've decided after two years, like, oh, Justin Fields really isn't working out. That's not fair to that coach. And to be quite honest, I mean, I know the Bears kind of surprised everybody when they went up and they picked and they picked Justin Fields. They they honestly should have just, ext- God, it's hard to say that now. They should have either fired Matt Nagy or just extended him giving him another year to allow him to bench him. So he's not playing for his job, not coaching for his job. And I think that's what you want. And I know a lot of people are like, well, we should rebuild through the trenches. We, I'm like, we're going to have a lot of draft capital. We're also going to have a lot of money to spend. So if Darnell Wright ends up being the guy that we want to be, you know, we're going to have extra second and third round picks to build our offensive line. It's not like, it's not like you old. It's not like your number one pick, We have two first-round picks next year. I mean, conceivably, everybody's like, we should build through the trenches. We should do that. And like, we have two first-round picks. And if we don't have to use one on a quarterback, either one of us, we land in one of those lucky spots or what have you, we can still put a first-round pick on an offensive lineman. I mean, the biggest question will be what the what the what the Bengals are going through right now with uh, when they had either Penny Sewell or Jamar Chase. We'll have that kind of decision. But if we could also be drafted, it's no, there's way too many. Like we're not going to not address the trenches because even if we drafted a quarterback, we have two first round picks and it's probably not going to cost us both of them. And we're, and if we're in a position where, you know, the bears play so well, or Justin Fields plays so well, a new coach might, I mean, perhaps, you know, Ben Johnson has been on record saying like, look, I think I could make something happen with Justin Fields. If you hire a coach from, and you know, I know Luke Getzey came from the NFC North, but if you hired somebody like Ben Johnson, you would have to know. You would have to know like, okay, yeah, like you, you're being hired because he'll be hired in January or February. And you're going to know one way or the other. Do you want to, do you want to coach Justin Fields or not? And that coach will be able to make a decision. If he decides to roll on with Justin Fields, so be it. But again, it's better off. I mean, again, and this comes in again, where it's the contract situation where, okay, it's going to take us a little bit more time. 
if you draft Caleb Williams or Austin May or whomever it is, you're like, well, now I have another five-year five-year window of a quarterback on a rookie contract. Remember a lot of people were talking about that coming into this season, that the Bears should just punt on Justin Fields, go with C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young or whomever, because then you restart the quarterback window. And a lot of teams that have been successful over the number of years, last number of years, have been those teams that have a quarterback, a young quarterback on a first-year contract that allows you to go out there and spend money in other spots. I think we call that the Russell Wilson. I don't. Oh, we might. I'm looking here. We might be getting. We might be getting Carmen. We'll feel. We'll listen. We're having a good time. If there are any questions, though, you can pop them up. By the way, before we get to any questions, sorry, I'm going to do this to you. I want to talk about Game Room Chicago. That's right. Game Room Chicago located at the historic Chicago Athletic Association Hotel right across from Millennium Park features billiards, shuffleball, skiboard, papa shot, and more, and has plenty of space to watch your favorite game. With a menu featuring Michelin-starred chef Mari Katsumura's snack foods, beer towers, a weekend Bloody Mary bar, and shareable signature cocktails. Game Room Chicago is the place to be on game day, especially if you're in the Chicago area. If you're working downtown and you got to you gotta commute back to Oswego, you got to go out to Sandwich, you're, you're living in Hoffman Estates, you're like, ah, I'm not going to get it home. I'm not going to get home in time to see the game. Go to Game Room Chicago. Go check it out. This is the perfect opportunity for you to go out and check out Game Room Chicago. If you're working downtown, although those games start late, I guess, I guess, I guess like not getting home in time is a Southern, is like a uniquely Southern California thing. Cause like the game started five. I didn't re I didn't realize that you were able to, um, uh, I didn't, I didn't realize you were able to go home, uh, in a, in a normal time and be like, Oh, we can still watch these games. But in any event, hey, she's here, everybody. How about a round of applause uh, for our co-host, Carmen Vitale from FoxSports.com. How are you? Everything good? Yeah, everything's fine. I'm just dumb. That's all. What's wrong? <laughs> Listen, there's there's nothing to be. No, I just I just get I get confused with different time zones. That's all. Well, I, I will tell you this: the other uh, it wasn't today, but it was it was last week. I logged into our production meeting on Wednesday. And I'm not on the Wednesday fantasy show. And everybody's like, Hey, like, good to see. You. I'm like, Oh, we have a full crew today. Like Florio's here. They're like, yeah, it's Wednesday idiot. And I'm like, Oh yeah. See you guys later. It's uh, wild. Like it's just, it's week four going into week five. And I yeah. already have no idea what day it is, what time it is, where I'm at, what time zone I'm in. It's totally fine. We're good. And you travel. I mean, I'm, I have no excuse. I'm just sitting uh, around and uh, I have nowhere to be. And I should know too if I have soccer practice. Like, oh, the next day is when I do this. But sometimes GMFB moves my my time or like the day that I'm doing my thing. So you never know. You there's never always know. there's always things going on. Yeah, uh, but we're we're happy. I'm happy that you were able to make it. It was fun. Uh, I think they were getting sick of me ranting and raving about Justin Fields. Um, but you know this, like I'm sure. I, I sent a little, uh, along a note talking about, you know, he had his best game as a passer. I, again, he's a great player in this league. I was talking about this and I, I know that I'm coming off negatively and I haven't seen the comments, but I'm sure they're not thrilled with me. Whereas like, I'm a Justin Fields guy. 
I love Justin Fields. I don't blame him for what happened on Sunday. But at some point, when you're put in a position to tie or win a game, like you gotta you gotta start cashing those in. Am I am I am I off base here? No, that I think I even tweeted it. Bears get the ball back with a minute forty seven second minute forty seven left on the game clock, and uh, you have an opportunity. All you have to do to tie the game is to kick a field goal. This is a yeah. situation that teams practice all the time in practice. Like they do the two minute drill, they put various kind of situations on the clock. This exact situation, I guarantee you, has come up in practice for the Chicago Bears. And part of being a franchise guy, part of being the starting quarterback is you have to hit on some of those. And we haven't been able to see Justin Fields in those situations, drive down the field and win a game for Chicago. Now, was it only Justin? Of course it wasn't. I mean, no, was no, no. questionable play calling and situated like some non-awareness, situational non-awareness um, by the coaching staff and, and just in general. Uh, I said it after the game too. This just didn't look like a team that was used to winning uh, in that Broncos game. And so it's really unfortunate. It's kind of a muscle. I think, I think when you work out the winning muscle more, you win more. And when you haven't exercised that muscle in a while, it's hard. It is. Um, and it's hard to kind of break that pattern. Uh, but once you do, you remember how to do it like riding a bike and maybe you can do it a little bit more. And I mean, it was, it was pretty baffling that the bears couldn't with the lead that they had and as bad as the Broncos are, um, especially defensively, I, I couldn't believe they didn't end up pulling that out. You know, I just thought of this. I'm sorry to spring this on you, but does it say something about the coaching staff? Like the Broncos are Oh, and three, they just got humiliated 70 to 30 or whatever it was. You're down 28 to seven. Like if there was ever a time where you're like, yeah, we're done. Like I'm just, I'm going to, where am I going to go tonight when we get back to Denver or anything like that? The fact that they rallied around, like, I think that says a lot about the players responding to Sean Payton or am I making too much of that? No, I think that it has something to do with that. I also think it has something to do with the fact that the Broncos seem to kind of change defensive tactics after halftime. I think they, uh, they tried more man coverage in the first half. Uh, as mm-hmm. much as they possibly could and saw that that wasn't working. And so I think it's an, it's a different kind of credit to the coaching staff to recognize that, make some adjustments at halftime, come back out, play a lot more zone coverage against uh, Justin Fields, who doesn't do as well against zone coverage, because that's when you have to have more of those anticipation throws, those timing throws, the, the times where you're throwing to a spot because the receiver isn't quite open yet, but it's still mm-hmm. NFL open. It's a cliche, but uh, Justin hasn't proven to be able to throw NFL open, uh, throw to NFL open receivers. And so I think that the Broncos recognized that, made the change and realized that they had something that started to work in the second half, which makes it easier to rally behind if you realize that, oh, we this wasn't working. We figured out something that does. We still have a shot at this. And, and they did. Yeah, they did a really nice job of it too. And I think I had mentioned this before you came on one of the touchdown passes, you know, it was a, it was the naked bootleg again and the defender hesitated. It's like, ah, and then Justin gets away, throws the touchdown on the play. That was a fumble that had that defender did not hesitate. Yeah. He just, he just ran straight through him. 
And I think, again, that goes to coaching. And that is a, that is somebody on the sideline saying, like, next time this happens, don't hesitate. Just go after him. And it's disappointing yeah, that, that our guy. That play was particularly baffling to me, too, though, from a bear standpoint, just because I feel like they got a little too confident with their motion, um, leaving a defender completely unblocked um, with – Cole Komet vacating the uh, the near side and then leaving another defender for, uh, I believe it was Cleo Herbert, to pick up, who just didn't take the right angle at him. And also Cole didn't get to the other side. I don't, I don't think he got there fast enough. No. I think he was at least supposed to chip that defender that came in. Um, it wasn't Jonathan Cooper because Jonathan Cooper was the one that picked up. Oh, it was Nick right. Benito. Yeah. I think... Cole Komet was trying, like, was supposed to at least chip Nick Benito because to send him in, allow him to come in completely unblocked, um, that doesn't seem like the best course of action. Right. Um, and it was due to the motion that was just not well executed. And whether that was a, a hiccup on Cole's part, whether that was just the play call itself, that entire play um, – wasn't great, but at the same time, if you're Justin Fields, like you're used to getting hit at this point, you need to hold on to the ball. You should, yeah. Don't I mean you're up by a bunch. You should I mean you're still up at 14 right? 14. Did that tie the game or did we, I that think that tied, tied, the tied Yeah, the defensive score tied the game. That is uh that is one where sometimes it's just a pocket ball where you're like, okay, that ball is just gonna go in my pocket and I'm gonna take the hit and then we'll live to fight another day. And it's disappointing too to see like I, I saw this on Twitter because people are debating that play. Like, I don't think he's, I'm like, there is never a call for a tight end not to chip a guy in that situation, or at least slow him up just a touch. And it's like, and then you, when you watch this touchdown celebration with the guy who did the fake pitch and then he does the swing and hit, yeah. I'm like, okay, that's perfect. That part is, that is the most well-executed thing I've seen from the bears offense in two years is your end zone celebration, but you making a simple chip on a guy running naked to the quarterback. Okay. I'm like, whatever, uh, do what you got to do as I'm starting to grow frustrated. But at the same time, you know, you talk about the momentum last year, like this is like, we lost to the commanders and then it started us on a stretch of uh, entertaining games where the, the Patriots game, well, we won the, the Patriots game. Do you think like, I don't know. Like if, if we would have beat the commanders last year, do you think it would have snowballed? Like you think about the Vikings last year where once they started to win and they had that game where Justin Jefferson like defeated the bills on his own, like th they just couldn't lose. Is it possible for the bears to, uh, to get into a situation like that? I don't necessarily think so with the way that the team is constructed right now, because that kind of happened last year. They won against the Patriots in a game that no one gave them a chance at. And yeah. they did some good things in that game that you thought might end up being sustainable, but it didn't end up being sustainable. So I, I, there are so many levels to where the bears need to improve right now. The Vikings, they just, they, they had, it was a weird season for them they had things that weren't breaking their way, but then all of a sudden started breaking their way. Um, I think that they were a much more complete team. That I know that they were a much more complete team than the Chicago Bears are this year. Yeah. So I, the, the Vikings, I think, and also I think they're atoning for that luck that they oh, had yeah. last season. Because oh, yeah. 
now they can't seem to win these one score games, um, except for now in, you know, in Carolina, they, they finally broke through. So in the Vikings case, I think this could be the start. And I just wrote about it today of something a little bit more sustainable where they could come, they could come to see a few more wins in the coming weeks, maybe after they get past the Chiefs and the 49ers. Um, but after that, their schedule kind of eases up. And I think that is going to line up with their defense, getting the system and, and understanding the system that Brian Flores brought in a little bit more and them playing more complimentary football. I don't see that from the bears. I don't see incremental improvement on, I mean, that was the thing we saw improvement in the, in the offense against the Broncos. I think a lot of that was the Broncos defense being terrible. We didn't, right. the Broncos scored a lot of points. And like the Bears defense didn't seem to take any step forward even. Um, And this was not against a juggernaut like the Kansas City Chiefs. So I just, I don't see this being sustainable. I hope that some of the things that they did offensively in that first half between play action, the RPOs, couple of design quarterback runs, not, 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 not a lot, but some, um, I hope that kind of stuff keeps up the usage of 12 and 21 personnel I think that throws defenses off a lot and, and that could be a strength for this team. I just, I hope that happens going forward, but I don't know. I don't, I don't, I, I don't know anything about the Chicago bears right now. <laughs> I really I, and it's, and it's crazy too, you know, because like I made that at the top of the show, I was talking about this being, Oh, cool. Now we've just finally gotten back to where we were last year being an entertaining football team. But it just doesn't win games. And again, I, you know, I, I listen. I put part of that on Justin Fields. Like you've got it. You, you're, you're given opportunities to win. But I think a lot of it goes to the coaching staff as well. And I love, I love Flus. I, I'm a big. I, I like Flus as a human being. There's a lot of human beings in this world that I like. I don't necessarily want them coaching the Chicago Bears. Is that is that fair? Is that harsh? Is that? No, that's not harsh. I mean, that's that's the truth. And as much as you like a guy as a person, you can't just overlook the listen. Matty Rufus needs to learn how to talk to the media. He really does because I know that he is not incompetent. I know that he is not a guy that is, doesn't have a clue that isn't in, in tune with his team. I know that that's not the case. I know it's him trying to not divulge information like every coach tries to do, but Matt doesn't know how to do that in the media and it's making him come off as incompetent or not in control of his program or anything like that, which again, I know is not necessarily the case and I feel bad for him. I really do. And I think that he needs to be better prepped. I think that, that there, this is avoidable and this is becoming a bigger story because of the fact that he is trying to sidestep all of the questions from the media and in his press conferences and players can't seem to say the right things to help him out either. Um, it's just, I, it doesn't sound like, like through all that, it really just doesn't sound like anybody is on the same page and that's kind of the truth of the matter. And I don't, I mean, you need to figure out a way to do that. And if getting rid of Maddie replaces the way to do it, I don't think that's personally going to happen anytime soon, given the history of this team Chicago Bears have never fired a coach midseason. So they would be bucking a hundred years of history if they did uh, do this. I know there's been like some rumors going around that Flus is out if they lose this game in Washington. Um, I don't think that's the case. I think that they would try 
maybe another firing like the lions did last year. They, they fired Aubrey Pleasant, their defensive backs coach after the pass defense was just abysmal last year and was losing them games that they were scoring 35 points in. Um, And it made a difference for the lions for that matter. Um, I think that they would try to get a scapegoat a little bit lower on the chain before they go and actually fire Matt Eberflus. I don't know. I just never like calling people's jobs. Alan Williams is already been fired, resigned or whatever happened there with that situation. And again, you know, no, no details on that, no follow up on anything, but okay, that's fine. I feel like, and again, I know that it's difficult when we talk about people, whenever you talk about somebody's job, they still get paid. Like flu signed to what three, four year deal. He's getting that money. So he's not, his family's not going to starve and He's going to be a defensive coach somewhere in this league. He's he's far too talented. He's he really is a good. He's got a good football IQ. He's a he's a savvy person, and I'm sure that I'm going to run into him in the combine in a couple of years and be like, dude, I'm sorry about saying this thing, and it'll be like, oh, it's cool, it's your job, and we'll have a laugh and we'll have a drink, and it'll be fun. I think um, if we were, but that's the way it always goes with these coaches. And so I, the one thing that because I think it was Greg Gabriel who was talking about like, well, who, who on this staff is like, there's not like, it's not like Leslie Frazier's the defensive coordinator somebody like, who's like, Hey, like this guy could come in and just be the head coach, uh, which is both like a savvy move on the part of the coaching staff. Like, yeah, don't, don't let, don't have a Jim Schwartz behind you. Um, Cause you don't want that kind of situation or something, but at the same time, it would be helpful. The one thing that I thought of, and I'm just thinking of it right now. And again, not to throw you off, but I think like, I was looking at Rich Hightower's resume, the special teams coach, and he had been with the San Francisco 49ers for a long time before he returned to Chicago this year. I'm like, it reminded me of the Rich Blasaccia thing with the Raiders. And I'm like, oh, we would be in the same, like he would come in, he would take over and then we'd win a bunch of games and we'd be in that thing. Like, Ooh, we're, we're still going to fire you though. Um, I don't know. So I think there is I, something. I actually just had that conversation with someone the other day where that was kind of my other thing with why I didn't think the bears would fire Matt Eberflus. Cause like, what's that going to do? And I was looking at the staff and I was like, who even has the most experience on the staff? Because one of the critiques that I've had this whole season is that, and, and even going back to last year was that you're trying to develop a quarterback with a first time head coach and a first time play caller and offensive coordinator. Yeah. You don't have the experience. And I realized that that comes cheaper and that's probably why this has happened in Chicago. So I'm looking at their staff, like, who, especially with the departure of Alan Williams, who has experience, who's been a coordinator for a long time. And I landed on Richard Hightower because yeah. I like, he's the one that has that's the it. most yeah. experience. That's, that, that's like, that's your only coordinator experience on the staff at this point. So that's alarming to me because I don't know that uh, the Bears special teams unit is a rich Bisaccia unit that was extremely yeah. impressive. Um, I don't think the Bears have an ex- – it's a, it's a decent special teams unit. I don't think that they've really messed things up, at least this season so far. They seem to be a little bit more improved with especially Tyler Scott as a returner. Right. See? But I don't, I, don't, I don't see the Bears handing the reins over to Richard Hightower rather than keeping Eberflus in place until the end of the year. Because, yeah, like, again, you have to go back on so much history – um and just uh, trends that don't exist like the, the bears just don't 
fire coaches in season. They don't really ever even fire coaches when they have multiple years left on their contract. Yes. Like they, like they don't want to pay coaches that aren't coaching for them. Um, so I just, I don't, I don't see them getting rid of Eberflus unless there's more off the field stuff that, that keeps cropping up. I think that's the only thing that could really move the needle on top of losing on the field. I think you'd have to have something pretty drastic off the field happen uh, to end up getting rid of him. Yeah. It feels like something would have to be really egregious and then you right. will put, put yourself into a position uh, if the guy does well, that like, uh, are we compelled to keep him in the Raiders case? They probably should have, if, if the choice was Josh McDaniels, uh, maybe you should have kept rich, but at the same time, like, I don't hey, know. The Packers that, got him now. So yeah, even <laughs> I know the Packers are happy. Yeah. They're ecstatic. Of course they are. Cause they make good decisions. A lot of the time, <laughs> speaking of decisions, I think one of the things that was uh, frustrating to people during this, this week was the chase Claypool. And I, I don't think it's necessarily like, again, like it, it's not like, okay, players get benched and things like that. I just feel like the way the Bears handled it made it worse with Eberflus giving three different. It's like when you've caught somebody in a lie and they give you three different stories. Like what, it, what is the real story? And if you, if you don't want them, just get rid of them. That's fine. But we can move on. Like, I feel like that's a case where they just made a, a horrible situation somehow worse. It's a perfect example of what I was talking about earlier in Matt Eberflus's efforts to sidestep the question is exacerbating the situation itself and the storyline itself. If Clearly, we all knew that Chase Claypool wasn't on the sideline. That is the first thing that Chicago media looked for when he was declared inactive. And you see that he's not there. Clearly, something's wrong. Clearly, something happened. And by not telling, not, not expressing any sort of, I don't know, like he was sugarcoating it to like the nth degree and saying like, wouldn't say anything past the fact that Chase wouldn't be with the team on the short week. It's like, okay, something happened. Just say that he violated team policy. He's not going to be with the team for the foreseeable future. They're going to figure out what to do with it. But as of right now, you have no further comment. That's all you need to say. That's all, but to try and sidestep it. And then, yeah, you say one thing, the team comes out and says another. Now someone is definitely lying to the media because the stories don't add up and they completely contradict each other. So now you've lost the trust of the media. You've lost the trust of the fans. And it's, it's, it's an incredible example of just organizational failure at so many levels because honestly, the most egregious thing to me was Matty Burfield's coming to the podium on Monday, 24 hours after this happened, and still not being prepared to answer questions about Chase Claypool. There is no excuse for that. I've been on the other side of this. I've seen it from a team perspective. When stuff goes wrong, I've seen the prep for the head coach. I've seen PR telling them, all right, you're probably going to get this question. You're probably going to get this question. What do you want to say here? What should we say? Like brainstorming with the head coach of how to handle this situation. That is literally the job of the PR staff and the team. And it's not happening. I don't know what the breakdown is here. I don't know if it's Eberflus not following the script. I don't know if the script is even happening. It's inexcusable though, to come in on Monday after you knew you were going to be asked more questions about this because you gave contradictory statements uh, the night before 
and to still not be prepared with any sort of statement or question, even if it is just a statement, like you're, yeah. you, even if you don't open it up to questions, you just say what you're going to say about the situation. Say that's all you're going to say. I mean, Bill Belichick does this all the time. He yeah. just says, I'm going to say this about it. That's all I'm going to say about it. I won't take any more questions. We can talk about something else. Like, it's, I just, I feel bad for the guy because he's absolutely drowning out there with the media. This is the third largest media market in the country. Yeah. You're going to get, you're going to get grilled and you're going to get tested. So yeah. I just, it was, yeah, you, it's, it's incredible, honestly. Like you could, like, if you're coaching the Panthers, you got one newspaper and like a blogger and then you're done. That's it. You can move on. But now there are too many people. There are too many people in the, in the, in the Chicago media and it, you're just never going to get away from it. And honestly, like as much as we deride Bill Belichick, like there really is something to be said about like him just coming out and be like, uh, Chase Claypool has uh, violated team policy and is no longer going to be with the team for the next couple of weeks. And uh, that's it. Okay. Then, then you're done. That's it. Hey, we, we released our statement on that player. We're looking forward to the Washington commanders. Just keep going. Like be a, you don't need to be fun. You know, no. if you're going to be, and if you are going to be fun, then be Sean McVay. And then you just tell everybody everything or be Kyle Shanahan and lie about everything. But at least, at least <laughs> I feel that the thing with Shanahan is I feel like he storyboards his lies where he knows. Oh, yeah. Like so like, they're yeah, they all make every sense line up. Right. They all, he's like, okay, so I'm going to say this. Then this means this, this means this. And he's got like cards on a, on a board that he, that he refers to constantly, but it's, I don't know. It's, yeah. it's a troubling Honestly, situation. It's very troubling. And again, like, I think at this point with all of the things that have gone wrong with the Chicago bears, a little bit of like just genuine dialogue, it would go so far. Like it just being a little bit more truthful to like, the, listen guys, we're, we're going through some shit right now. Like, I yeah. just like, what's wrong with saying that everybody knows it. Yeah. So just say it and be like, we're trying to work this out as best we can. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not happy with how this all, this all played out. We're working through it as a team. We're trying to, we're, we're, we're going to stick together because that's the principles that we've got, yada, yada. Like I could write this man's speech right now yeah. and it could come off as being very genuine. And like, you don't have to divulge the exact conversation. You don't have to say exactly what he did and detail all of those little things. All you got to do is just be like, listen, this sucks. And yeah. we know it sucks. And we're trying to figure it out as best as we can. Yeah. I think you would really appreciate that. Oh my God. If you were, if I was writing it up, I would think you'd be like, listen, we believed in chase Claypool. We gave a, you know, we gave up a second round pick for him because we thought he could come in and contribute to this team. Obviously uh, it's taken a turn for the worse and we're just going through it right now. And he's going to stay at home for a while. And that's all I'm saying. Boom. Story's over. Uh, instead you got to duh, but we were, I don't know. We were at the liquor store. I don't know. Whatever it is. Uh, but you know, I, I know, um, cause I talked for a long time. Uh, Sammy, do we have any questions by the way? I'm sorry. I know that we've been, I've been trying to cover everything up. Uh, Justin in the fourth quarter with the game on the line. Not once has he gone down and scored or put the game away for us. Coaching be damned. That's on him. He has never done that. Not, not <laughs> once. Jay, li listen, Again, like I don't, I don't want to be super harsh about this. And I love Justin Fields and Carmen. Before you came on, I'm not even doubting that he can do it, but you still have to do it. 
You know, you have like, we have to, and it's, listen, this is the way you're getting paid to do this stuff. Like if I'm in, I, and I, I know that I keep going to the youth sports and golf analogies too much. Like, Hey, my 10 U team, like good effort guys, let's still go get ice cream. That's fine. You're a professional, get it done. And I, I can sense the frustration on people. And if he does it once, and then again, it's because I remember the first time that Eli started doing two minute drives. Like he, that guy looked like the football field was the last place he wanted to be the first time he did it. Then he actually, he, he drove the giants down the field and Eli was as surprised as anybody that he had done it. But then they just kind of like you, you build from that. He beats Tom Brady twice in a Super Bowl. Like that's, that's how things happen. Like that's Tom's gotta, son then gives him crap about it for the rest of his life. It's great. Right. So it's like, yeah, it just get the first one out of the way. And it is uh, fine. I'll, I'll use the golf analogy. If you're struggling with a putter and you can sit there and like you, you keep missing them, you keep missing them. Like you got to take that stroke. Eventually one will drain and you'll get a little confidence and you feel better moving forward and you put it behind you and you move on. Uh, how about another question? If we have one that doesn't have, Oh my gosh. Uh, traded Khalil Mack and haven't been able to get that edge rusher since that uh, check Khalil Mack stats last game and compare that to the bears entire defense last year. And this year Unbra did, did Khalil Mack have a big game or something? He didn't like, it's not like he had a half a dozen sacks. So like, that's not being, <laughs> I know. I this know. Is it's, it's yeah. I like, I mean, no one predicted. I think everyone knows that Khalil Mack isn't the Khalil Mack from three years ago, yeah. but he still is a very viable pass rusher. And I understand offloading that contract because it was very rich. Um, but to leave your team now with literally nothing. I mean, I talk a lot about how they wanted to build the passers from the inside out, but they haven't gotten that three tech that they need. Uh, yeah. I think they're still trying to figure that out with the young guys and it's not, the rotation isn't, you need, you need at least one dude. Um, yeah. And then that can open up things for guys on the outside because I mean, don't forget Cleo Mack played, played with Akeem Hicks. Like yeah. it wasn't, all Khalil Mack with Chicago and even in in Los Angeles Khalil Mack has a pretty good interior defensive line there too so he's getting help but at the same yeah. time yeah six sacks is awesome and he's an that's awesome great. player and that's also that's a revenge game against the Raiders too so there is something this is the first time a little extra the first time he faced the Raiders since they did Derek Carr the way that they did and I think that he was proving a point Khalil Mack yeah. has been like he has been like being out here in Los Angeles and following the Chargers as closely as I do. They're they're sort of disappointed in him. Like it, the trade has not worked out. Like this one game, like they not thought it would, yeah, yeah, right. It, it clearly hasn't worked out for them. I mean, it would be fun to have. I mean, one of those games to give the Bears a win. I agree, uh, and this is something that we can look forward to when. Justin Fields is throwing for 400 yards a game or probably running like Bajan Robinson will probably become an MVP with Justin Fields as his quarterback. So just prepare yourselves for that. So that was just a little, I, little. I, yeah, no, I like, honestly though, this was never, this was not the year about the, of, of defense for the Chicago bears though. We also have to remember right. that like all, most of their, not all of it because they got the linebackers, but most of their off season acquisitions came on the offensive side of the ball because they wanted to get the evaluation on Justin Fields. Yeah, this was always a multi-year process. I'm expecting, and it better happen this off season where you do get 
a better pass rusher. You get someone to compliment. Maybe you re-sign Yannick Ngakwe um, and you get a guy opposite him and then you do go out and get that three tech that you so desperately need. Um, I'm fully expecting that to happen this offseason. If yeah. Flus retains his job and and everything. Like Regardless. That. Well, no, no, no. Like, no. Our next coach will be out there pushing for us to sign, sign Danielle Hunter, uh, Chase Young, one of those guys who should come available. Because I think they can't be franchised. Danielle Hunter already has five sacks this year. He is very happy with Brian Flores. Very. He wants He's to be paid, though. Like, well, they yeah, got it. They got. They got to. They got to pay Justin Jefferson at some point. So the the Vikings might have to make a decision. And yeah, uh, we needed to have done that. There's literally no incentive to have waited on that. No. You're just going to cost yourself way more money. Absolutely, and I'm here for it. Uh, how about another question, though? Do we have another one? Uh, oh, thank you so much, Tito. Uh, <laughs> Tito, stop, yeah, I think did we you? did. I think we did. Yeah, I don't think we were in the same grade though. Uh, All right. Yeah, but nice, nice. Hi, Tito. Go, go, York Dukes. Actually, yeah, I haven't, I haven't gone to one of their games this year yet, but I actually went to one of their games last year. They're really good. So, actually, shout out York High School in Elmhurst, which is where I went to high school. Um, they made it to the state playoffs. I think they might have won the state championship last year oh, in, their, right in, their, in their class. And yeah, they were never that good when I was there. We made the playoffs for the very first time my junior year, I think. Nice. Um, and then, and but now they're killing it. Now they're a powerhouse. Uh, now they're a powerhouse. I, I I check in on them every now and again. Who's in their Who's um, in their division? Who's in their league? Um, it's like Oak Park River Forest. Uh, Hinsdale Central is their big rival. Um, you've got Proviso West, and they're who are always pretty good at football and basketball. Um, I don't know. I don't think Addison Trail is in, but they play Addison Trail a lot. Right. Uh, yeah, it's uh, OPRF has always been one of those powerhouses and they actually just beat them a couple weeks ago. Nice. So, yeah. Go York. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I haven't I mean, heard from York. Like, at, like any of my, like I used to be on the student newspaper there. That's like where I got my journalism start. And I'm like, man, let nice. me talk to the kids. I would love to come talk to the kids. Let yes. Me, let me come talk to the kids. If you're, if you're still affiliated with the school, Tito, get Carmen over there to talk to the students. Uh, it'll be awesome. By the way, how's Oswego? How are the Panthers doing? Somebody let me know. Uh, I, I hope they're know. doing well. That's what's far out there. I know that's, <laughs> that's the burbs. Uh, it's part of the Metro It's now part of the feels like part of this. Like you're, you're driving through city now to get there. Not like farmland back when I was a kid, uh, whenever mm-hmm. we would land and drive out there. Yeah, but even, when, even when I was growing up, we were, Oh like, yeah. Oswego was still like, it was very underdeveloped going all the way out to Oswego. Um, yeah. yeah, the suburbs, the suburbs keep expanding to Chicago. You know, you have like Aurora that calls itself a suburb. I'm like, that's an hour and a half outside the city. Oh, I know. Wait till Rockford's part of the suburbs. I know. Uh, right? <laughs> like, no, I'm drawing like, oh, line. Geez. We got to stop <laughs> at some place. But uh, how about, is there another question though, Sammy? Want to make sure. Uh, geez, you guys, thank you so much, by the way, uh, for mm-hmm. everybody who is uh, chiming in here, especially for those of you taking an opportunity to send a little money our way. Do we miss Roquan Smith? Again, like, this is one of those things, like, he wasn't going to flourish here. Like, they had him. It wasn't, he wasn't the player that he is in Baltimore right now. Sometimes you just got to let him go and be happy for them. I miss him because I thought he was a great player, but you know what? Edmonds and Edwards have played well, but yeah, it sucks. I know. I know. You try to talk yourself into this kind of stuff, but I like, 
I don't think there's an, a huge drop off. Uh, and I totally understand like the, what the thought process was behind that trade, because essentially you were thinking that you picked up that extra second round pick. You used yours for another receiver that you hopefully stole because the receiver market, as we were just alluding to with Justin Jefferson is very expensive. So like, yeah. I understand the thought process behind what Ryan Poles did. It didn't work out. Yeah. Um, but like, if it had worked out, I don't think there would have been enough of a drop-off between what Rokon Smith could have given you and what Tremaine Edmonds gives you. So, yeah. like, it all makes sense to me. Um, but, yeah, it's just... It was, uh, oh, no, I said this about Arizona State. This is something with all of my teams. Like, why do they always get good after they leave? You know? Oh, yeah. That happens a lot. Um, <laughs> and get, re get ready for it with Justin Fields. Uh, how about another? Is there another one, Sammy? I don't want to leave anybody. Oh my gosh, Frank! Thank you so much. Uh, Ryan Poles needs to correct a few mistakes. Release Chase Claypool. Fire the coaching staff Friday. And give Roshan Johnson more. You know what? Okay, um, I'm like shaking my head with. I'm with you, Frank. Like okay, okay. I'm like whoa, 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 whoa. This is like the scene in Black Sheep where Chris Farley is out there with. Uh, oh, who's the band? Oh my God, not Fugazi. Gosh dang it. Why can't I think of the band? Whatever. And he goes no, on. Vikings. The Fugazi Vikings. <laughs> and he goes out and he just starts ranting. And um, Mud Honey. Mud Honey's the band. Um, and he goes and he goes too far. He 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 says one too many things. I was with you, Frank, up until the point of like the Roshan Johnson thing because Cleo Herbert played so well. I'm a big okay Roshan with Johnson. Firing the entire coaching staff on Friday. Well, not Rich Who's Hightower. No, Rich Hightower has to say. Olin Krutz, and that's it. Oh gosh, I don't think that that's the right you know answer what? either. Let's go, let's go full varsity blues. Cause I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Varsity Blues. You might not be old enough to of remember this. I've movie. Seen no, are you yeah. kidding? Of course I've seen varsity well, blues. I don't, I, I don't know. Listen, <laughs> Bud Kilmer walks off the job. Where are the assistant coaches? Why isn't the offensive coordinator calling the plays instead of Lance Harbor? Did they leave too? We don't see them. Cinematic liberties. Cinematic liberties. So That's I'm just saying. So like no. we'll just have we'll have uh, Nate Peterman calling the offense. We'll bring in Olin Krutz and uh, Lance Briggs, and uh, let's roll. Let's see. Could you I imagine was, with all we all went through with Jeff Saturday and the Colts last year. Like that's come good. On. Yeah. Well, I would want. Let's just bring in a gamer. Let's bring in Skimbo, and uh, or Problem, and they can just run the team. Like they know how to win. They in know how to win. Madden, in a virtual game. Hey, the the, the real coaches game, aren't real life. Really? Well, in the real, real life guys are not doing a great job. They're having some problems. Matt Eberflus is Matt Eberflus has spent his whole life doing this, and we have not had a win in almost a calendar year. It's not. There's it's not just, a. No, don't not, know. There's it, none of that. No. It's no. Realistic. It is. Right. Yeah. It feels like us winning is not realistic. No, I mean, okay. you're right, but right. we'll bring uh, in an actual football coach, Rich Hightower. We've already decided. Uh, but how about another one, Sammy? As we're, we're veering. Oh my gosh. Uh, why do the football gods hate us? You know why? I'll tell you this bear forever. 14 back in, uh, in, in 1985, somebody, it could have been my uncle Gene. It could have been anybody. The football gods came to a Chicago bears fan and said, here's the choices that we give you. You will have the greatest team of all time. But you can never win another Super Bowl again. Will you take it? Yeah, give me the blue pill. And then that's it. And then that's why we've been 
now having to so wander the 85 there. bears actually cursed us wow that's that's, cursed there's, us. there's the title of the episode sammy the 85 they, bears cursed Chicago. the 85 bears were too good and now the football the football gods have smited us ever since i'm sure if I knew more religious texts, I'd be able to figure out a better analogy, but I'm just going to go with I that. Grew up, I grew up heavily Catholic and I still can't help you. So I can't, I, I mean, you know, Icarus, I don't know. Yeah, I'm just throwing out, uh, I don't know. I'm throwing out Iron Maiden titles. That's how, that's how deep and that's how much I know. Um, we're cursed. No, there's no other way that that's the only logical explanation. We're cursed. Cursed organization. Uh, how about another question, Sammy? We're running through these. Gosh, thanks everybody for uh, for hanging out and submitting questions, you guys. Uh, question for you, Bruce, uh, for you both. You're in charge of the Bears and can hire fire anyone. And you have the first and second picks next draft. What you doing? What are you doing, Carmen? Hire and fire anybody. First two picks of the draft. Oh, um. I think I'm hiring Ben Johnson. Oh, okay. So right. I guess I'm firing Matt Eberflus. Yeah, of season. course. Duh. Um, I'm hiring Ben Johnson. Okay. Uh, I'm going to make sure that whoever he brings in for offensive coordinator is, or defensive coordinator rather, because he's offensive coordinator. Defensive coordinator is extremely just like very experienced. Like, like a Dan, like a a Dan Quinn coach. Yes. If I'm gonna have a first-time head coach, uh, and that's a great name, I'm gonna I'm gonna ha- make him hire Dan Quinn. If Dan Quinn doesn't get a head coaching job, and ma- magically he comes to the Bears, um, but yeah, I'm gonna make sure that the side of the ball that Ben Johnson is not concerned with, I'm gonna make sure has someone that can basically act as a head coach for the defense. And then first and second overall picks, you gotta go Caleb Williams, yeah, and probably Marvin Harrison Jr. <sighs> Um, whoa. Yeah. I'll tell you why I'm saying, whoa. And I'm sorry. I don't mean to be, I just wanted to see how old this guy was before I get into my answers. So what about, cause I remember like, we've talked about this, seeing everything that you see with the Cincinnati Bengals right now, they had the opportunity, uh, to grab Penny Sewell. And for the longest time, I'm like, ah, they made the right decision with Jamar chase. Do you still think that it was the right decision to go with Jamar Chase over Penny Sewell? Yeah. Yeah. Especially because of the fact that he went to a place with Joe Burrow. Yeah. His former teammate. Like, I think that you were kind of, that was a handcuff to use a fantasy term. Look, I am. I'm learning. (laughs) You're learning. Uh, I know that's not a real handcuff, but like, you get it. Um, I think that that was a really good call is to bring in with your new quarterback, bring in a guy that he's super comfortable with. And and not that obviously Caleb Williams and Marvin Harrison play together, but um, that gives somebody to grow with Marvin, with Caleb Williams. Uh, but I am a huge proponent of making sure that the offensive line is fortified. So I think you have to maybe because you're, because you're saving on the quarterback and your number one wide receiver I think then you invest in the offensive line. I think Ben Johnson would do that because Detroit's offensive line is second to maybe the Eagles. I think I, I, I don't know that anybody else is better than them in the league right now. And yeah. Ben Johnson knows the importance of that. He knows that's exactly the reason that this offense is churning out uh, as many points and production as it's having. Um, even if you disagree with the way that he's currently using Jameer Gibbs, but The offensive line is a huge part of that. So I think that you invest in the offensive line as much as possible. Maybe pay a 
a really good left tackle and, and, and pay for a really good center that can help the veteran center that you can help that can help Caleb, Caleb Williams get adjusted to the NFL play and maybe take some work off of his plate. I've always been a huge proponent of that. We've talked about that even with Justin Fields, where I was like, yes, move Cody Whitehair to center because he knows what he's looking at. He can make checks for Justin Fields. He can make things easier on Justin Fields. Uh, so yeah, that's what, that's what I would do. I would, I guess fire Maddie recluse. Um, not that I want to call for people's jobs. No. But then he's still ben, getting, he's still getting paid. Hire Ben Johnson, make sure he comes in with a really experienced defensive coordinator and draft Caleb Williams, Martin Harrison. 76 year old Wade Phillips. Is he too old? He's looking at the guys fired up. Probably not. I mean, I don't know. I kinda, I've, I've worked with some really, i worked with Tom Moore. Tom Moore. That's what, that's what I was thinking. Like, 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 he, like, he can fire those guys up better than anybody. Like, Tom Moore's bromance with Vita Vea is one of my favorite things in the entire world. And that's yeah. not even Tom's side of the ball. So it's awesome. I love it. He's like 83 years old. I love it. Yeah. That's, that's my <laughs> thing of like, cause every time I see somebody like you got to hire Dan Quinn and do, I'm like, yeah, I go, I kind of like the, the offensive guy. And I know that he's, you know, it, it does, it, it's not always a slam dunk because you look at what's happening with the New York giants and it's not working out, but look what Mike McDaniel is doing with, like for every example that you give, I can give you like, Hey, we need a veteran defensive minded co-. Like, you know what? We did it with John Fox. It didn't work. Uh, we did it with Mark. Trent. You're like, yeah, none of the, like nothing is a straight up comparison. You just got to play in the world that we live in. And I think that given our, our current situation, that if we have the first two picks in the draft, I'm going, I'm doing the same as you. I'm going Marvin Harrison jr. Because I know people will be like offensive line, offensive line. Like we, we could use our second round pick on an offensive lineman. We have Darnell Wright, who will hopefully develop. Tevin Jenkins should hopefully be back soon. Hopefully our new coach will be Maybe like this game. Cody Whitehair. Cody Whitehair is our center. And then we'll see what happens with Braxton Jones. Maybe he comes back. But yet again, throw some money around on the offensive line. Try to take care of it that way as well. I would still, I w- wouldn't mind having Jim Harbaugh come in. Uh mm-hmm think that if Jim Harbaugh, like if I, if we're playing in a fantasy world where um, I can hire whoever I want and it's not a matter of whatever, like if you like Jim Harbaugh being suspended this year, I think hopes because like college football just sounds like such a drag. Now you got to recruit these kids every year. Like they can't so many rules. And I mean, I guess they've lessened since NIL, but yeah, it sounds like a major headache and you're also working all year round. Like at least NFL coaches get some time off. Yeah, come back to the NFL. He knows how he he's coached in the NFL and has done really well. And that's a player who, or that's a coach, excuse me, a former player, a coach who's like, okay, well, you know what you have in Justin Fields. So you're cool with that. And he's like, yeah, no, we're going to go Caleb Williams. Okay. And Caleb Williams, I know there's a lot of reports out there, rumors like Caleb Williams is making so. I'm like, dude, nobody's, nobody's making the guaranteed money you'd make in the NFL and risk injury because. I would say that I could see like Caleb Williams not wanting to come play for Matt Eberflus, but if we got Jim Harbaugh, I think your tune suddenly changes. Like, yeah, I'll go there. And if that's and if that's the case, and he doesn't like Jim Harbaugh, be like, do you like Lincoln Riley? Fine, we'll hire him. You love him, uh, we'll go everywhere. But listen, uh, we got to go. I got to go. I got to get to class. I got students to teach, and uh, I want to thank young minds to mold. Young minds to mold. I have a great. Oh, I've got a great class this year. I've had. This is my second year doing this, and this class has been really good as well. So uh, I appreciate that. So we're going to go out and get up to them. And Carmen, what do you got going on this weekend? 
Uh, I will be in Las Vegas for the Raiders Packers game, actually. Ooh, nice. Uh, so I'm going to the Monday night game in Vegas to see how that all shakes oh, out. Oh my God. I know. I know. It's my first trip there. So I'm, I'm, I'm pumped about it. I have a new article about the Vikings defense and how I think it's getting better. Um, and the people are buying into Flores, a system coming out today. And then, yeah, we'll see. All right. Well, that sounds great. And this is your first, this is your first trip to the Raiders stadium, not to Las Vegas it itself. Really. Not to, oh God, no, not to Las Vegas. I've, right. I've been to, I went to Arizona state for undergrad. Right. So I be like, it would be impossible. Right. I got you. Uh, like but I want, right. Oh yeah. I've lived there practically. I think I spent more time in Vegas than I did at, uh, Fullerton some semesters, but in any event, want to thank everybody for being here. Appreciate you hanging out tonight. And uh, we got a game tomorrow night. We'll see how it goes. We'll see who's coaching the team on Friday. So until that time for Carmen, I'm Adam and Sammy, go ahead and play us out and bear down. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the sick podcast with Adam rank on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google play and Apple podcasts. Brought to you by Underdog Fantasy.